I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. The GA Hour is sponsored by Paddy Power. Money back is a free bet if you're losing first goal score gets a goal. See paddypower.com for terms. And when I started running, I suppose I didn't stop. And when I got the chance to go, I said I'd stay going. So it opened up. We were only the small little fish out there, so we are. And uh, we're trying hard to make it through. But it's hard to get the breaks when you're the smaller fish. Because I love this county so much, you know. And it's just, I'm delighted that the lads, the lads did it for the people of Walford today because, like, I'm, hard, I'm heartbroken. So it's all about the magic of the Leinster Championship. I'm surrounded by JJ, a Leinster <laughs> legend, and Brian Carroll, a Leinster legend as well. So listen, we can crow about this till the cows <laughs> How long home. do you have, Willie? Three. Do we get an extra order today? <laughs> just to talk about the, the beauty let, of Leinster Hurling. Let, let's just say, lads, and let's be honest about this. If... That finish to the Leinster Championship happened in Munster. We wouldn't hear the end of this. This and, would be. And we wouldn't be talking about it today this, either. This would, go, <laughs> <laughs> this would go down in folklore. This would be the magic confirmed. But let's be honest. Like all joking aside, listen, we don't want to be too hard on our Munster, our Munster friends. But at the same time, this was a sensational end that didn't let up right until the final puck of the ball by Lee Chin really, until the final whistle went because Dublin and Galway were level eighteen times, so there was no way of knowing that one. The Wexford Kilkenny one, you'd imagine Kilkenny were going to win it and then they didn't and then it was close. So, like, I mean, it just was, it, Sky, I'd say, couldn't believe their luck. Oh, it was an unbelievable game, even to be at. Um, I think the, in the last few minutes, the Galway game, Dublin game, finished before. Yeah. And that kind of trickled around the ground. You could see the murmurs in the crowd and O'Murphy had a, a free near the end and everyone was telling him to, the crowd was saying, calm down, calm down, don't get <laughs> back the ball, back in play. Both as sets as of fans. Both sets of fans, because <laughs> everyone knew they were through then, you know, that kind of way. But it was great. The biggest roar in Wexford Park was when the announcer came over to Tanay, the Leinster finalist, Wexford and Kenny, the whole place absolutely erupted because they're all out in the field there as well because they wanted to stay around to see exactly what was happening, you know. Right. So it's, it's rarely you see two sets of fans after drawing a game, two of them are absolutely delighted after the, after the game. Yeah, it was fantastic scenes, um, Brian. I'm not sure you would have, you might not have seen this on Sky. You had your own game. No, I did. I saw it, yeah. And I tell you, I was supposed to be down there with RTE and I was raging. I had a worse day myself. But uh, <laughs> no, after look, it was unreal. And I think, in fairness to Fergal Horgan, I think he actually added to it because he let things run big time. And, you know, it really increased the whole atmosphere there. Because obviously Wexford Park's a hard place to play. The real... They're a savage crowd there and, and they're roaring and shouting. The Kilkenny crowd are obviously up for as well, but I think the referee actually really added to that. And 
like as you said there, JJ, at the end, no Murphy. He was definitely stalling over there. He was taking <laughs> as long as he possibly could. <laughs> it was a bit going on there. But no, look, everyone in, in, in Wexford Park came out very happy. But um, no, it's great. It's super for Leinster. And, and sure, look, the Leicester province of Munster, they have a lot of catching up to do now. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Four, four teams on five points. And then you have Limerick getting into a final after losing twice. It's actually funny. You could, with Wexford, you could, make, you, could, you could paint Wexford's Leinster championship in two ways. You could say they're in a Leinster final and they only beat Carlo. Or you could say Tipperary and Wexford are true to, true to provincial finals after going unbeaten throughout the whole thing. Whichever <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you want to paint it, yeah, isn't it? you want to paint it. Like, I mean, optimistic there. Yeah, yeah, but incredible Wexford. Maybe it's their style of play that they're drawing three, three games. That's unprecedented. And in fairness to poor Galway, no one could have expected the draw in Wexford no, Park no. married to the Dublin win. Like Galway were the ones in the driving seat yeah, going into that. Yeah. Driving down to the Wexford Park now, you were thinking of all the different scenarios in your head. The one thing you didn't give too much thought about, it, the one actually happened. Was you, know Dublin I mean? you couldn't see the two results going against them. No. Fair enough, you could see him losing up in Parnell Park, but then you could see either Kenny or Wexford um, winning exactly. down in Wexford Park. You know what I mean? So I'd say it's the, the Godwell lads are sick this morning and probably won't hit them until Tuesday night when they're supposed to be going back training again for the, for the rest of the championship and they're gone and packed up for the yeah. summer. You know? oh, I'd say they're shell shocked because yeah, you know why you're be. thinking of that. You're being no. positive. I saw a funny tweet from Ushie and Langan and he said, with the Waterford and the Galway boys, out so early there's going to be some championship in Boston this summer <laughs> be a bit more going on at the moment <laughs> <laughs> it'll be, let's just say it'll be a very high standard in Boston uh, in Boston this summer big money there as well I oh, they can't, I'd say they can't believe their luck I'd say they're all their phones are hopping but uh, Dublin I suppose lads finally stepped up to the mark in fairness to them and this was coming yeah. let's be honest yeah. about it and you know Maddie Kenny did it um, against his own county would have some inside knowledge on them and you know that was the game of the weekend really it's just a pity I, I don't blame Sky for picking Wexford Kilkenny that was the more glamorous one mm. but this was an absolute brilliant brilliant game yeah it was a cracker and I think Maddie Kenny kind of spelled it out 100% correctly after the game he said look these Dublin players are hurling well during the year 30-35 minutes a game but never put the full game together obviously they did there on, on Saturday night there as well but in fairness, you see the development of that Dublin team. Chris Crummy went up, got a penalty and scored a winning goal as well. So they're all out of attack there as well. But made it the show as well. Conal Keeney is supposed to run the show there. Yeah. On, especially he's supposed to have a powerful second half. Now, his physicality, you know, and Parnell Park would suit him down to round there as well. And especially the Galway lads matching up to him too. Like they'd stand tall at home and obviously he came out the better of it. Yeah, no, definitely. We'll but talk the about the Keeney thing, yeah, I just not go, I know we'll talk about later, but Conal Keeney, like in fairness to him, he was taken off with 20 minutes to go um, in the game against Wexford because I was up at that game. And that's when Wexford got their ascendancy in the game and yeah. took control. Dublin couldn't go route one. They didn't have someone there to, to offer something different. Oshin O'Rourke was missing that day as well. So, you know, it's amazing these small things when you do actually get your best 15 on, on, on the field and just let them add. It's amazing how it can uh, have a massive bearing on, on the outcome. Yeah, and sometimes these 35-year-olds, it's decided before the game that he's coming out for 50 minutes yeah. to go. If he's fit to play the 70 well, minutes, don't be taking him yeah. off. And they didn't take yeah. him off. No, they left him working, on. Like, I mean, if it was working, stick with it. Yeah, working, it will. yeah exactly. The, the we see that more in football probably, Willie. You know, like we've seen that with Mayo players there in yeah. Colin Bile and that for a couple of years. Like crazy stuff. Like, yeah. you know, like a player's in the red zone or whatever. Yeah. And you're like, so what? He's, he's, he'll get out of the red zone. You know, you'll get your breather back. Like, you know, if you're on top, if you're on top of your marker again. as well, just leave him there. You know yeah. what I mean? Imagine yeah. the boost that gives your man. Oh, Keeney's gone off. Delighted. How yeah. happy he is. Yeah. Come on. Gives him a lift there as well. Like, you know what I mean? It's nothing worse than actually hurling the lad that's all over you. You're trying him to hurl him everywhere. Physically, speed, he's beating you, it all ends up, and then you see him took off. Absolutely, it's great. Big, big lift for a defender. Like, like. Maybe because they're getting some live feed of, of uh, GPS yeah. stats, and if, they're, if the GPS.
GPS are slowing down for a while. But I've often been in games where I go, I need to calm down here a mi- for a, a mm. minute or I won't see out the game. And you might get yourself a little yeah. bit. Like you might not make the same runs as you did, but you're conserving yeah. a bit of energy yeah. for the last five yeah. minutes when yeah. you're going to need them. Sometimes you know? the ball doesn't come near you either. Like, you yeah, know what I mean? It's completely out of your control the, the way the game goes and flows. When it is there, you have to go and win it. Like, but you're in for took off for the last 10 minutes. Oh, I said the ball would have went over your wing there as well. So it's just it's frustrating with organised substitution before the game. I wouldn't really. I wouldn't be into it. No, I wouldn't no, be into it either. No. Um, come here, lads. I'm just wondering, will Tipperary, Brian, I'll go to you first on this. Bubbles scored, I think it was the 22nd point and the camera from behind the goal showed it and Bubbles yeah. jumped in the air and mm. stuck his fist in the air and a couple more Tipperary players put their hands in the air as well. Would they not have been better advised to just win that game as a gentleman and shake hands after it? Not saying they're not gentlemen now, but you get you take my point. Like Limerick, that that game couldn't have gone better for Limerick. Yeah, it, it look Limerick obviously happy enough with how that went. They, they they still were comfortable enough in the game without ever really pushing on to try and win it. But you know they stayed in touch and they, they gave a run out to a few players. But just in fairness to Bubbles, I could see where he came from in, in terms of that fist bump. He had worked hard all game. He hadn't. He'd missed a couple of chances, and he was just absolutely thrilled to actually get a point. And the, the kind of the way the score came as well, they kind of turned Limerick over, and you know they'd worked hard, and eventually he got his point. But you know, I just I see a massive difference in the likes of Bubbles and the tip forwards in general. And I think there was one ball in particular. I can't remember. I think it was Noel McGrath had it in the middle of the field, and Bubbles was over on the old stand side, waving his hands, looking for the ball. And um, he was in, you know, a bit of space, but Noel McGrath hit the other end or hit it into full forward into Shamey or something. And I know well, and I've been in that place, and I'm sure you have too, Willie, as a forward. There's often a day where you go, oh, for fuck's sake, why didn't he pass it to me? And you kind of throw a bit of a, a strop. But to be fair to Bubbles, he just turned around and sprinted as hard as he could, trying to get in on the breaking ball at the full forward line. And I just said, like, that's the difference in the attitude at the moment. And it's those small things, uh, you know, that shift in the emphasis in the mind where they're just not giving up on anything and they're just working their arses off. And look, I think that's savage. And when you see Bubbles at that, like, it's infectious because, you know, you expect Bonner Mar to be doing it day in, day out. And look, shame he's obviously up to it as well in terms of his record. But when you see Bubbles doing it, you know Tip are in a different mindset completely. Yeah, OK, so maybe it would be a bit... Uh, it was individual for Bubbles to get, get his score. He worked hard. He was happy for himself. It wasn't just a team performance. It was right. just Bubbles was happy with himself because seeing Paddy Mar after winning a couple of frees came out, he stopped himself from doing it. Do you know what I mean? Roll that on six weeks. He's not learning semi final or something that Paddy wins the same free. He's going to be fist pumping as simple as that. You know what I mean? yeah. But he's stopped himself from doing that. I'd say Bubbles was just individually he grew himself into the game didn't have a great start but he got better as the game went on when he went out the field there as well I'd say it was just for himself to get that score after he worked hard he was happy with himself. Maybe, maybe, maybe that was it but even on the Limerick thing right so we'll talk about this game in part two so we're not going to get into any analysis about it but like a couple of things from the game well I'm going to add in the fist pump I'm going to add in the Bonner Mar injury the Carl Barrett injury mm-hmm. and the fact the final they have a home and away agreement so the final's in Limerick mm-hmm. okay. Jesus like I mean this is looking you know I'd say Limerick now Limerick obviously had to wanted to win that because they couldn't have been sure although they were fairly sure were they depending on the other results again things had to go very very wrong very badly and they would have been getting Claire at the hammer them didn't they yeah Yeah. Claire at the hammer car yeah so that would have been it and Keane Lynch is on the bench Hannon is injured I think and a couple of things like that Mulcahy's on the bench as well so if you're in that Limerick full back line now and you're facing the same forwards again in two weeks' time, they won't look forward to that. You no. know, like in a way, because they got the better of them as well, and and they worked hard and turned them over a few times as well. Look again, you could look at it two ways. 
could add to their motivation coming in two weeks' time. That's right. This is not going to happen. We know what to expect. But if Tipperary up it again, like you know what I mean, I don't think that's the best Tipperary can play either. To be fair, yeah, probably not. It was a f- it was a strange game in that you know you, you kind of knew both teams were through and it mm. was kind of feeling that they were. But uh, what what was the other one that I was going to talk about? Oh yeah, Jerry O'Connor. So what's your take on Jerry O'Connor, lads? Like I mean, in Jerry O'Connor's defence. I think it was Cotton Malone pushed Carney into him. And is his natural reaction to say, get off me or whatever? I don't. Now, I'm completely very consistent on any mentor ever putting their hands on a player or getting involved. But he, I don't think he wanted to get involved until Carney was pushed right onto him and he pushed him away. I don't think it was the most serious thing I've ever seen. No, but he shouldn't probably have been that close to it. I know he Surely was arguing. He was arguing though, is he? I know he was arguing the line ball, right now, to be fair. But when he came back, he, look, he had enough time to stand back out of the way. But he seen Daniel Carney come from and he stepped forward and he pushed him over. Was Carney across. pushed into him, I think? Yeah, but he kind of pushed him across there as well. He knew what he was doing, to be fair. Like, yeah. you know I mean, you couldn't say he just, he didn't know what, he just reacted. But yeah. he did exactly know what he was doing. And, and because of Carney pushing him, pushing Carney, Carney's hurling up and hit Cotton Malone. And then he tried to go to the referee saying that he, Carney hit Cotton Malone, but he, only for he hadn't pushed him, he wouldn't have hit him either. Right. You know, kind of, he made a big deal out of the whole thing, but just can't get put your hands no. on any players. Like. No, no, definitely not. What do you think of that, Brian? Do no, you think no, I agree. He, like, uh, he seemed to just red mist ascended over him because, he, you know, he pushed Carney. Then he turned around and he got in a right Barney with it looked like one of the Cork selectors or someone. He was given out to the Fair referee, Murphy, nearly looked. Yeah, he was looking for like the referee to do something with Kearney after Kearney catch Malone. You're like, no, you caused that. Hold on a second. <laughs> yeah. Like, and look, it's by all accounts, it's it's completely out of character for him. So it just probably shows the pressure and that they have been under and Clare. But look, he he's obviously going to face a ban on that, and there's no doubt about it. And and I, I like he won't have any complaints. I'm sure when he wakes up this morning, he'll be he won't be happy with what happened himself. And I, like you know, that's there, there's no place for that in the game. Be no, 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 he's definitely getting a ban. I'm not defending that. I'm just saying oh, he yeah, did, he, did, yeah. he didn't go out looking for it. It just came to him, you know, he and he reacted. And reacted. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I would and say he, I said this morning is he standing over his reaction he's probably not you know that kind of yeah, yeah. so he'd be probably half embarrassed in what he'd done but again yeah he's height of it he reacted look tensions were high at that stage and uh, he reacted but unfortunately he got caught and he got the right guard he definitely did here Donald Maloney was talking after that game and like everybody's been down on Clare but they produced a great performance yesterday um, and Donald Maloney said the players produced it they pulled themselves together on Monday night and met with themselves and called us in afterwards the players drove this they trained brilliant on Wednesday and Friday. We all met yesterday and spoke about what the day would mean for us. And I just thought that was great. And the mm. amount of teams I've been on where players, that's where you really get it out amongst yourselves. And then the leaders have to talk. And I like the idea of calling the management in and then they'll chair and take it from there. Yeah. And have you decided now, lads? Yeah, this is yeah. ye. You know, all that stuff works. Home, you know? sir, as well, it's great. And realistically, I'd be surprised if they hadn't done that after the tip game, you mm. know, because that kind of thing maybe steadies the ship. Lads, this is up to ye. Do you want to fit? You know what I mean? And they and needed the two beat maybe to do it and a weird kind of way to had up the game against Tip and um, Limerick as well and kept down the scoring difference that could have been a lot closer as well like you know what I mean? but yeah I'd agree with that players have to drive the whole thing and with players meetings as well you can say a few home truths and the kind of guy that's not usually talking when he stands up and talks and in that players meeting everyone great. listens yeah. absolutely brilliant and then everyone's focused and then the manager come in then you can tell the management right this is what we spoke on this is what we're going to work on and when it comes from the players they have to go out in the field and, and kind of back that up they've ownership well. of like, it yeah, now would, Cody, would Cody have let you do players player meetings have, yeah, would yeah, have. I would have yeah player driven like yeah, he'd an open forum there as well if you want to um, say something yeah stand up and say it but again <laughs> be careful what you say if they back it up <laughs> <laughs> well you can say it in the players meeting but like I mean I'd imagine there would be players 
players that would speak in a players' meeting that would be terrified maybe to speak when Brian would be there. Would I know you, you need an open like again. Players and management are in it for the same reason. Like you know, and if you think serious enough about something and you don't say it, or you're not true to yourself, you're not true to the squad either. Like so, you have something to say, say it. He mightn't agree with, and then you can argue it out there as well. But get out and say it. Like you know, yeah. you don't be afraid to say but it. It's, it's not what all good teams are made on, though. You know, those leaders or those people that are willing to stand up and put like put their neck on the line essentially and call each other out and you know no one no one gets takeovers you know you mightn't like it initially but like you know you appreciate you're all in it for the same reasons and essentially it's to win and you need characters or, or, or leaders like that to stand up and grab the bull by the horns and say some tough things to each other and you know give it and take it on the chin as well and like and as you said JJ like you can't like I know Brian's obviously a, a massive character and you know but you, you, like that's why you were winning the learns because you were people still willing to step up and say it yeah. and and you know then it comes back to look if I am going to say something I do have to perform yeah. too so the onus is back on me and like but that's what you want isn't it like I'm sure Willie you've seen that plenty of time down through the years too yeah no it works in a lot of ways and I think it's important as well that you can be honest with each other and criticise each other without hanging each other out to the manager exactly. as well yeah. do you know yeah. what I mean yeah. so it's not yeah. like you're it's being a, a reason though, it's fair, a lot more it's honest yeah. just yeah. with players yeah. on yeah. their own Honest, you know yeah. you're not get, but you get you get a lot further as a team when you do that though yeah. as well yeah you know? no I think you do I think you can't have too many of me no you can't either no it has to be timed right it has to be timed right come here quickly JJ now has come into my head was there something going on with Aidan Nolan down in mm. Wexford Park did he, he got get sent, sent off or not sent get off sent off after the game he got yeah, sent he got off straight red, I think, for after the game. complaining think, to the ref yeah I was talking to a couple of guys there this morning and, and Saturday night there as well after the game on the shot on the clock in Wexford Park it said 63 and 13 seconds or 73 and 13 seconds and uh, it was supposed to be 4 minutes 4 minutes yeah. but the referee did play 4 minutes the clock stopped so oh, I right. think Aidan Nolan seen the, the time on it went over to the referee after, after the drawn game there's another minute on it you never played it on. Well, he said more colourful language <laughs> than sure, that, yeah, I'd say, yeah. you know what I mean? But he got the straight red after that. I think that's what the confusion was. Right. He, thought, cause, cause he might have thought they were gone. Like That was it. He would have thought they were knocked out. And then he seen, it was 63 minutes, 13, or 73 minutes, 13 seconds. And then he said, went over to referee and he said something to him and he got straight red after it. Because some of the confusion was that Davey denied he got sent off then afterwards. Did you hear that no, as well? I see. I think it was definitely straight red, anyway, I think. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, quickly on Galway, lads, we have a couple, we've loads to get through um, today. So it was Galway, like we've mentioned him already, but it was their failure to beat Carlo by much that really came back to haunt them in the end, wasn't yeah. it? Like they only beat them by six points when the other three teams, ha- the other three yeah, teams hammered 12, them. 13 points, you know what I mean? It's, it's a lot of scoring and after it. And then I'd say against Kilkenny as well, they'd be kicking themselves because they had freeze, the score will freeze and they could have had Kilkenny dead and buried. You know, they could have beaten by, realistically, if you sit back and look at it, they scored out of freeze. They would have been 10 or 12 points up before Kilkenny got that run the last 10 minutes. If you're 12 points down, do you make that run? You mightn't do, you know the kind of way. So yeah. a couple of things now that uh, Michal Dunne will be looking back on this morning and said he'd be frustrating. But then again, the table doesn't lie, you know the kind of way after four games. It doesn't lie, but it, it was that kind of first round game against Carlo. And often with those the promoted teams, Brian, they'll do, they'll do probably well in the first game or two when there's a novelty to them and it's a real kind of championship. And then to take a couple of beatings and Wexford get them in the last round. You know, if Galway got them in the last round, they probably would have hammered them as well. But that's what it came down to, the the scoring difference, obviously, with, with what they beat Carlo by. Like, yeah, we were, we were critical, though, Galway, after the Carlo and Wexford game. You know, like, against Wexford as well, they just pottered along, particularly in that second half. No full credit to Wexford. They obviously battled really hard after Davey was sent up to the stand. But, you know, Galway didn't seem to drive on at all. Like, they were, they were very comfortable for long parts of that game against Wexford but didn't drive it home essentially and they brought on Johnny Glynn too late and particularly because when they had played Wexford last year they completely blitzed them by going route one so I thought they overthought it and 
like obviously they played excellent against Kilkenny, but it seemed to be almost uh, too little, too late. And then those few matches, week in, week off, it's very hard on the body, and we've seen that now two years running. Yeah, it's very hard. Jesus, hard just to picture that they're gone. Like, yeah. they're, they're too it's good phenomenal. to be gone, really, yeah. aren't they? Like, yeah, well, sure. With Dublin stepping up to the plate, there's yeah. always going to be a big name going out. In. You've got them and Clare, two lads who were in the semi final yeah, last year. Gone, both gone. Gone yeah. out championship. That's ah, fantastic. Um, Eddie Brennan made six changes. Remember, we were talking last Thursday yeah. on the show, or we were talking last Monday on the show with the two of you about what hmm. they would do. Um, Tipperary pretty much played their first their starting team it looks like the Bonner Mar will be will be gone um, Eddie made uh, six changes so he left off uh, Paddy Purcell Chad Dwyer Donica Hartnett Ryan Milani and Willie Dunphy so it's not like he was leaving off anyone he was leaving off a lot of their, yeah. a lot of their big players um, Mark Havana was out and Anna Lyons was out as well but Kavanaugh was on the bench um, I don't think he even came on at all so you'd imagine Leash have loads in the tank for this final um, Brian they look to be in a good place although Joe Quaid said after the game, I think anyone with a brain in their head would realise after about 10 minutes of the second half that, that it turned into a shadow boxing exercise. Yeah, Joe Quaid's astute too, in fairness to him. Like, you know, he got a big win against Antrim up there as well. And, um, you know, that game was more or less a foregone conclusion. Both teams were, were like, Leash obviously knew they were in the final, but Westmead, you know, fairly comfortable that they were going to be there as well. And, um, yeah, there wasn't, there wasn't going to much change that. So, I still think that's all to play for in the final because Westmead are a tough cookie to crack and, um, you know, they, they'll they'll relish a, a hop off leash. Now, leash have been obviously impressive. They've, they've won their four games, so they're they're quite happy where they're going and it's all positivity coming out of leash hurling at the moment with Eddie Brennan in charge. So, that, look, it's great to hear it and it's great to see it and um, they're getting their, their better hurlers playing well again. Chad Wire coming back into serious form. Paddy Purcell, you know, working really hard and, you know, Matthew Whelan's a great stalwart, you know, he's he's still going there and like fair play to him, you know. Um so, you know, positivity but but I wouldn't rule out Westmead either. They're 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 good and Joe Quaid is very astute, as I said, and Killian Dial is the form man. We spoke about him at length last week. He's the form man in that Joe McDonough Cup at the moment as well. So um you know, I think that should be a cracker of a game, to be fair. Yeah, no, it definitely will. There was a draw this one, wasn't it? Leash, what, Leash didn't yeah, win. Draw, the, yeah, yeah, draw, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking you'd do that. I have to talk about Offaly now before we move on into part two. Uh, Brian obviously went down to the Christie Ring. Um, very disappointing result, all hinged obviously on an early sending off, which must be very disappointing. Yeah, yeah. Look, obviously, you, you lose four games, you get relegated. There's no one. There's no one gonna um, complain about that. And. Um, but uh, yeah, the sending off, we started started really well, went four points and no score up, um, playing with the wind. Um, you know, and very, very pleased with the way we started. Then man sent off uh, and not playing the whole manager's card. I actually didn't see it. Um, so <laughs> by all accounts, it was an off the ball incident between being the wing forward and uh, Peter Garrity and the wing back. So um, Peter Garrity got a red card. And, you know, we dealt with okay for a couple of minutes. We got a penalty, you know, Unlucky that that was stopped, and then you know we had a couple of chances, didn't take them, and then you know Kerry just gradually, you know, the, the, with numbers, they started to work their way into the game, and they got a goal just before half time. So playing with the wind, we were four points down at half time. So look, it looked like we were up really up against in the second half. So and a man down, and a man down. So look, in fairness to the boys, they never threw in the towel. They kept battling. You know, the odds were completely against them, and you know Kerry pulled away a couple of times, three or four points, but we got it back in. As I said, four four matches, four losses. You know, we lost we lost three of them by a puck of a ball. So it just shows that there is not between the the, the, the four the, the four or five teams that are down there. You know, so um, 
you know it's disappointing and, and and obviously it's it's not where we want Offaly Hurling to be and um, but you have to take your medicine too. Yeah, you were be- being tagged in some tweets by um, a high-profile Offaly pundit, um, Dahi Regan. Was this on the Friday before or the Thursday? It was the Thursday before the game on Saturday, wasn't it? it was the Thursday? Oh, I woke up to it on Friday morning. On anyway, Friday so, morning, yeah. so it was Friday. Friday then, yeah, because but so like I mean. I, like I know Dahi well from my time in off the ball and I, and I like Dahi and I appreciate that Dahi speaks his mind and I appreciate that he doesn't uh, pull any punches even with his own county and I appreciate all that but what I can't understand is how Dahi thought this was going to be a good idea the day before a feckin' Christy Ring pl- uh, playoff match like how is this going to benefit anybody like if he had an axe to grind that was not the time to do it. It was maybe after the match or whenever. This had to be a distraction to the team, lads. And I d- d- t- t- think that there's a serious, it's a toxic county at the moment. Um, yeah. And like the fact that this is even entertained, that a high profile pundit can undermine the management the day before a relegation playoff. And I'm sure Dahi's not even receiving much criticism in Offaly. It's toxic. It's not the way any county with any self-respect would be acting. And this should be rounded on and criticised that he's taken away from that management team and that group of players the day before a match. There's a time and a place to criticise your own county. Like, and I appreciate lads that do it because it's not easy to do. But you can't undermine them. Like, I mean, listen to it. Here's the tweets, JJ. I'll show it to you first yeah. before, Brian. Travelling to Tralee tomorrow with a crowd and hope awfully win. And tags in Brian Carroll, however, I'm fucking disgusted at the treatment of Kevin Dunn, one of our most committed young fellas, excellent versus Leash and the best player versus Westmead, gets fucked out for lads who were not there all year, out and a player not involved until last week gets to travel, travel after three or four sessions. Not even the balls to tell him to his face, a joke. I hope we win and I hope the crowd, and I hope this crowd get the F-U-C-K out. What a disgusting way to treat a brilliant young man. I don't give a shite what service the current Offaly management team has given in the field, but they lack balls in facing up to res- their responsibility. It takes manners. No balls to face up to a young man and be honest. For F- FFS, lads, cop on. Now, like, I don't know, JJ. Like, I mean, could you imagine anyone in Kilkenny doing... Now, I know Kilkenny are standard bearers, but any county... I even look at it in Leash wouldn't dream of doing this the day before they play me or in a championship match or in any championship match my big problem with this now is just the timing of it and it just fair enough you make your make your point what your your point is valid two ga- two days after the game there as well like you know what i mean um i just don't see the relevance of putting it up there f- for, for with the timing of it important game go down to sports your county whatever happens after we'll back him up on it and then make your point you know what I mean it, it's still relevant two days yeah, after yeah it's you know relevant I mean? then yeah it's just it, my biggest point my biggest grievance with that tweet now I have no issues anyone having their opinion they can, they can say what they want but the time and how is that constructed to awfully winning that game there on, not. on Saturday it's not you. That, that's, that's my biggest issue with yeah. it you know yeah it's definitely not Brian what are, what are you thinking I saw Joachim Kelly say after the match there are souls on social media criticising us there are gobshites who know nothing about hurling so I don't know <laughs> I'm sure there was more than just Dahi maybe crit- criticising or maybe that was uh, aimed at Dahi I don't know well like what, what do you think about this Brian because I think it's just the, this the kind of culture of criticising and the culture of not trying and the culture of the lads that don't want to try are cooler than the the ones that actually want to try and then they want the pundits that want to be the naysayers they're more popular than the ones that want to be positive it just seems that there's a foot if you want to do a root and branch um, review of Offaly hurling every aspect of it needs to be improved yeah oh look obviously the timing was was despicable but it was premeditated and um, 
he knew exactly what he was at and it was a personal attack on me in, in particular because yeah. um, obviously I'm not manager of Offaly I'm part of a management background but um, you know how, how I became the, the fall guy for Offaly Hurling um, is, is beggars belief from my perspective look just it, it it's it's really disappointing because we're like a pantomime in Offaly as you said you know it's just it's it's constantly happening washing our, our, our dirty linen in public and it's just it's horrible to see and it's clear that there's personal agendas um, by people you know some, some dominant people in the media and it, it's really disappointing like we question absolutely everything publicly in Offaly so um, you know we've had the last couple of years, and I'm sure you've heard this, all oh, the best hurlers in Offaly are not hurling. So one of the first things Joachim did when he went in was call in some players that weren't on the panel because there was injuries and because there was, um, uh, you know, there, there, it was an open extended panel the same way as was with Kevin Martin. You know, there's no such thing as a set panel. And um, the first thing he said to the players was, lads, look, we appreciate everything you've done under, under Kevin Martin's time, but from, from now and for the next month, we'll pick lads based on how you hurl in training. The same way as is in any um, self-respecting county that wants to get on. You, you pick guys in form, not based on their names um, and what they've previously done. Um, so, like, you know, we've had a huge uproar. The, 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 you know, it's unfortunate that um, Kevin Dunn's name gets dragged into this. He, he's one of eight players that didn't make the matchday squad. They weren't dropped um, off the panel. They didn't make the matchday squad. And again, similar to any county, any county team I've ever been involved with, you know, we don't make the rules. The the, the GA make the rules, and how many um, can actually talk out on the day. So, uh, you know, it's 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 sensationalism too, and it's 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 obviously of one side of the coin. So it's 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 hugely disappointing. Like, for instance, uh, Mark Ellis was standing in the terrace looking at um, the 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 Cork Tipperary game. A week later, he's standing. You know, he's playing centre back for Cork and, yeah. and it's a great move by by Myler you know and, and there's no one there's no big um, furore in Cork over 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 that you know there's for instance Henry Shefflin Jackie Tommy Walsh none of them could make their team in their final year with Kilkenny after all they did for Kilkenny no one was calling for Brian Cody's head same with Bernard Borgen up in Dublin you know they don't they don't question these managers but we seem to obviously we want it everywhere you know we, we, we just want to question absolutely everything from my own perspective it was probably the worst 48 hours I ever had um, associated with Hurling. And the, the result um, was obviously part of that. But just in terms of the the, the abuse that I took on, on online at social and during the game, where, you know, people just travelled three hours just to abuse um, myself and, and, and the other members of the management team for the whole 70 minutes um, standing what, behind what, the dugout. Brian, what, so what, like, would, what would be the main thrust of that? The kind of what Dahi's saying, bringing in uh, yeah, lads? That's all I can assume it was, yeah, because, um, the, again, opinion on, on absolutely everything. But, um, you know, these that's not Offaly supporters. And, you know, I appreciate there's a lot of good Offaly people out there as well. And there was a good Offaly crowd travelling. And, 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 you know, they appreciate that the, what the players did, they did their absolute utmost to try and win that game. And essentially, look, we just weren't good enough. Um, neither last Saturday nor nor the three previous games in the Joe McDonough. And we I've said this previous, this hasn't happened overnight. This has been coming for quite a while. Um but it's disappointing to see um to see it all happening in public. And and no matter what way it's been done, it's it's always been questioned, you know. So it's 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 disappointing, certainly. Yeah, definitely. Maybe it was Dahi and the crowd he was going down with. He said he's going down with the crowd. <laughs> 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 I'll have to find out where Dahi's situated situated himself. <laughs> Reading his tweets there, shouting out down. <laughs> right, we'll go back, we'll go on, lads, and we'll talk about uh, two matches next. Can't touch this. 
can't touch this. A few weeks later, they played Kilkenny below Northern Park. The same year. And oh, they were being hockey. But the camera went in. There was a fellow warming up. Jesus, you should see him. Yeah, the fuck. He was massive. Legs, ass, belt. But I burst out laughing watching him. There he was, the epitome of what I said. I told you, homeboy, you can't touch this. Yeah, that's how we living and you know can't touch this. So John Kiley was interviewed after the game. Um, obviously, Limerick lost by four points. And he said, if, we're, if we converted our last two frees, it was down to a goal. I think we just turned over a lot of ball today. Our handling errors and use of the ball, it just broke down. They were trying to put pressure on our passing game. We knew that. We could see what they were trying to do. We just made too many errors ourselves throughout the game. I suppose that's it. Putting pressure on Limerick's passing game, not letting them get those couple of short passes to get the, the good quality ball inside. Mm. Um, that's the obvious way that Tipperary were taking them on. Yeah, they were very good at it. Now, to be fair, it's a bit tip up their work rate a lot and Limerick kind of possession their their execution of the 30 yard pass which are absolutely brilliant at they were poor there yesterday with it too you know what I mean it's a combination of both but I think in the second half I seen they tried to come out three or four times from the full back line and in the ball it come back to the Emerald Burns and he just turned and hit it up the field and it went back straight back to Tipperary person first time I've seen this Limerick team actually just hitting hope down the field they're always precise 30 yard pass working out through the lines going but Tiberi had him under so much pressure that he had to just turn and hit because he was literally out on his feet he tried to go out past two, two or three different Tiberi times players at a time turned over got back to him then again just turned and hit it never seen that before on Tipperary's side of the point of view absolutely brilliant that's all they want you know so they'll have to bring that to the next day and up it again because this, this Limerick defence is going to be look they're going to beat them for the next two weeks with him, show him that video, they knocked you back, they knocked you back and this Limerick defence is going to come out swinging now the next time as well. Like I say, it's going to set it up nicely for the Munster final to be fair. Yeah, no, they're definitely... Are most teams playing a very similar style now, Brian, in that they're swarming the middle eight as much as possible, they're working like dogs, they're not allowing the other team get quality ball in and they're dropping their centre half back sweeping so hopefully mop up the crap, you know, the, the under pressure clearance balls that are going in. Like, I mean, we're seeing a lot of that in matches now. Yeah, a huge amount, yeah. And look, obviously, it kind of goes swings and roundabouts and uh, that's the kind of template that Limerick in particular set last year. So, you know, it seems to be the way forward. Wexford probably are out on their own in terms of their tactics. Um, but by and large, most other teams are actually playing that way. It's kind of, you know, but that's not too dissimilar to the way Hurland has traditionally been played. You know, the centre-back always hurls in a half moon, um, the way we used to describe it, and tries to sit back. Brian Hogan did it for years there with Kilkenny, Ronan Curran with Cork, and or any great centre-backs always trying to sit back a little bit. And the onus was probably maybe traditionally more on the midfield to sit back but we've seen definitely a lot more over the last couple of years where the half forward line in particular really come out and clog up the area sometimes when you see two back inside in the full forward line um, but you know it has been shown if you can leave three inside it can be definitely the most dangerous um, with good movement inside but it depends on the quality ball going in then as well if you don't have big players able to win their own ball a high ball going in it can be very dangerous and it can, it can cause consternation in around you know the, the square but ultimately a high ball is a backsman's ball like you'll know that JJ yeah. if, if a high ball's coming in you're lapping it up yeah 100% like again as a defender you don't want 20 30 yard balls out to the side and the ball bouncing before you get to it ideally 
you'd be wrestling with your opponent there before the ball lands on top of you. That's an ideal situation for any back, you know, and that comes from the pressure your forwards put on their backs there as well. You see Shane McCallan turn over, um, I think Darrow Donovan there, he got a hook in, ball went up in the air, Tipperary won it straight over the bar as well, like, you know, so Tipperary were very impressive enough to be fair. Um, they done enough, but again, they're going to have to up it the next day. Declan Hannon was a huge loss for Limerick as well. He'll definitely start centre-back. Garrod Hegarty is showing how important he is from not playing yesterday and he'll be definitely playing yeah. the most refined Hegarty, well. Lynch, Mulcahy mm. and ha- Hannon. That's yeah, arguably yeah. Their, their four yeah. best players. Yeah, but I think Hegarty now, it's, it's, he's vital now. He, he actually, the role he has in, he'll disrupt that Tipperary half battling which are dominant yesterday where Noel McGrath was sitting very, very deep allow Pauly to sit back and and kind of cover the full back then cover Aaron Galan as well but I think Noel McGrath had a brilliant game yesterday he's back in his own 21 work, yard yeah. line doing a lot of work yeah back in the own 21 yard getting hooks getting blocks something that you wouldn't associate to Noel McGrath but he's adding that to his game but when he gets the ball in his hand that's when the Tipperary attack he's like a quarterback he just pings it into people's hands I'd say Brian you'd love to be playing with him because especially when he's out the field he just put it in your pocket he's a phenomenal player yeah he knows exactly he knows exactly where to put it it's a, it's, it's definitely an inst- interesting one I thought the biggest matchup of the game was Kyle Hayes. Hayes and Paddy Maher, uh, Brian, was it like Kyle Hayes was dropping into midfield, Paddy Maher wasn't following him. So, like, I mean, I can't see Limerick wanting that situation again the next day. Paddy played so well. Yeah, and, and he did. And again, we have to give credit to Tipperary from that perspective because they're they're clogging up that area and their work rate is phenomenal. And we saw that <coughs> in throughout this Munster Championship, particularly in, in the Cork match, though, where they, you know, they clogged up that middle area and worked so hard. And Kyle Hayes is really important to Limerick as well because he's so dynamic. He, he's a young man, but he's really powerful. And when he gets gets that ball, he's very hard to stop. And <clears throat> when he's his eye in then as well, he, he's well able to chip in with three or four pints. But look, it's food for thought now probably for, for both teams. I personally would have been leaning on doing what Tip did, as, as you know, last week. I, I'd be all for keep winning. Um, it's very important. Um, keep driving at home. Like for Limerick's perspective, while it's set up well and obviously they've players to come back into it, it's still it's very hard to be switching on and off. Um, and they don't because they've made changes. You know, Paddy O'Loughlin coming in and wing back doing really well. Um, Peter Casey in instead of Shane Sound. They still don't really know what their their, their first fifteen is at the moment either. Um, you know, so it's it's they need to probably settle down now. Obviously, it's the right time of the year to start settling down in a Munster final. But uh, you know. Try consistency in, in their team as well and that's important because while it might be okay changing one lad when you start changing two or three um, consistently it, it becomes a bit disruptive towards the team as well and while it's that fine line of management I suppose you know between trying to make sure the players are are bursting themselves trying to make that team and then actually allowing the team to settle down and um, particularly in your back line I think I think you need a settled back line in midfield more than anything yeah, the Shane Dowling and um, and Seamus Flanagan, they're the two that come on and make an impact mm. off the bench so far this year. Mm, Flanagan only lasted a half time, Shane Dowling to 43 minutes. I'm not yeah. sure Shane Dowling suit, suited to that role if he's trying to play the no. Hegarty role. I'm not, that's definitely not his no, game. No. Um, not. Whereas Flanagan seems to definitely, on the evidence of yesterday, have lost his spark. And we're all banging on about him based on last year's form, but we yeah. don't know what, how he's playing no. in training. There has to be a reason because on last year's yeah. form, he has to get on the team. And he got a great chance of a goal there as well in the first half, and he had a Scored that that conference could have went through had the roof. Had to throw that you know across, I mean? though, didn't he? No. Yeah, I suppose. I'd, look again, Brian will tell you more than. Yeah, Brian. Well, Brian. <laughs> yeah. don't, be asking, don't be asking me them questions. <laughs> oh, JJ had nose bleed to be that far. <laughs> I never made it up that far. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, no. Look, he, he, it's, it, 
when it goes wrong, of course, you should have thrown it. You know that kind of way. Yeah. Um, you expect your top class forwards to score those. Um, probably, definitely, definitely a goal if you throw it across. That's the, so it depends. You know, it depends on your confidence as well. He's probably trying to make an impression, trying to get his own goal. So there's a lot of factors at play there. You know, he's obviously, as you said, Woolley, he's not playing to the same heights he was last year. He was carrying a bit of an injury there, um, you know, before the start of the Munster Championship as well. So, you know, you, f- you start to feel that pressure too. And, and Seamus Flanagan, remember, more or less came out of nowhere because he was a guy that couldn't make the, the Limerick Under-21 team that won the All-Ireland and, and then the year after starts full forward. And, and you know, he turns... Grod McInerney up on his arse and during the Ireland sets the sets the you know the the tone for that Limerick win and you know so it, it's 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 tough for him because he he's obviously an honest guy um, he's just going probably through a bad patch of form at the moment so but as I said you don't mind the odd forward being changed in or out because that's that you know you'll see that with all good teams but I to me I think they need to settle under midfield and under under half back line probably in particular because like is it Dan Morrissey. Um, Declan Hannon and you know obviously um, what are these names gone what's his Dara name Burns. Burns Dara Burns thank you how would I forget that and then obviously you know is Dara Donovan on the team or is it William O'Donoghue you know what I mean so it's just I just think they need to settle on that because the, it wasn't broken last year um, you know and, and settle down whoever it is and just play it away then and um, allow that defence and, and midfield as a unit then to, to work um, as as best they can. Yeah, quickly here before we move on to the other game is Kyle Hayes dropped his hurl at one stage and started tackling Paddy Marr. And Michael Dignan said on the call commentary that he was standing him up or something. But I was I I was under the impression if you don't have your hurl, you can you tackle the man? In oh, you hurling? can. You can tackle. Yeah. Oh, you as long as you don't deliberately oh, drop your hurl, like you can tackle you just Make your body two arms out either side. Make make yourself as big as possible, and hopefully you can stand him up. If he stands up, obviously he's going to be um, over carrying. You get a free in there. Right. But some people, if you put your arms out. Defender or the forward will wrap your wrap their head around your hand and get and, and buy a free then as well. Like, right. You know what I mean? So that's important. But on Kyle Hayes, uh, you'd wonder would Limerick actually sit him on Paddy Marr the next day because he said he sat off him there yesterday and Paddy Marr again. We're talking with Tipperary and Paddy Marr is a free man again. Tipperary are working this tactic down to uh, to have it down to a fine art yeah. because they're no one is noticing, but he's always the spare man. He sits in front of that full back line and clears up ball, and then he goes up the field and scores as well. Yeah. So do do Limerick actually get Kyle Hayes right? I know you're going back out the field. I know it'll tweak their tactics a small bit, but is the bigger reason to to break down this Tipperary defence go after Paddy Mar? Don't leave him free. Or do you just kind of hopefully he doesn't get on the ball again because he was on a savage amount of ball again there? Well, well, yeah, not, not yeah. their biggest pillar essentially, isn't it? Yeah, like, exactly. That's what you yeah. go after, oh, you know, you, you, yeah, go after their big dogs essentially. Like you know, if you want to to break them down, sometimes you can't go around them. Like you know, yeah. sometimes um, and it lifts the whole team when you go after them. Definitely, but, it, but, it, but is is this not Tipperary after showing their hand? Now it's not like it, we've never seen Paddy play that role before, but especially on Kyle Hayes, where Limerick are a very tactical team, and and Kinnerk is a very tactical thinker, mm. that they'll definitely have thought about this, and you wouldn't be surprised if Graham Mulcahy maybe starts there. You wouldn't know what they do, but what Kyle Hayes told me after the All Ireland final last year is that they like to go into areas that that teases the man out with them. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So maybe Kyle Hayes will even know this himself and go, right, yeah. I dropped too deep well, on a few occasions. Noel McGrath picked me yeah, up. Yeah, he was dropping there a small bit. Who's then? You see, Keane Lynch will be mar- playing the last day. So mm-hmm. if Noel McGrath's dropping off onto Kyle Hayes, now Keane Lynch is free. You know what I mean? Yeah, Limerick yeah. will have this well-discussed, yeah, won't yeah. they? Well, I'd like to see just one team go up and party mar. Don't leave him free. Yeah. He's obviously the best player for Tipperary at the moment. Like, Why would you leave the best 
distributor of the ball free all the time. Yeah. And they have, you know, whatever way Tipperary are working it, for the last four games, he's been relatively free. Like, you well, have sure to the stop other teams him, are like. giving him that. Like, no, that's I mean, what I'm saying. That's yeah. why you want Limerick come up with something to, to nullify yeah. his threat. Like, you know that kind of way? Yeah. Don't leave him free. Forever you do, don't leave him free because no. he's hitting the world of ball. He is, yeah. And he's the world, he's he's the best, I think, at that mm. kind of thing. With his di- with so strong. His, he can do it and break some tackles distribution as well. Like. And he's inspirational. Yeah, and he, and he, like, he can score from distance as well. Like, you the know crowd I mean? really yeah. get behind him as well. Right, Wexford Kilkenny, lads. I thought this was a scrappy enough game to watch, but look, this is the way Wexford are always involved in scrappy games. Why? Because they feckin' flood the middle of the yeah. field and you don't <laughs> get a second to breed. And every game to play, it's a scrappy game. And like, I mean, whose fault <laughs> and is this? Enough of that, will you? Ha- but they, they, want to, they want to drag you into the trenches yeah. and win a scrappy game, and yeah. that's it. Like, I mean, that's how Gaelic football went for a while, and that's what Wexford are still doing. So, they'll have everybody bar one sometimes, they'll have everyone bar two, and a bit like Waterford as well. But, like, I mean, there's no doubt, Brian, it's an effective tool to bring the game down to a level where the other team doesn't know whether they're coming or going, really. Yeah, and I, I don't know, am I going soft or something? But I have to give them credit because they they have gone unbeaten. I'll, I'll take that side of it. You know, they have they have gone to to Galway and drew with um, Galway. They've gone to Parnell Park, drew with Dublin, and should have won that game. And then obviously, um, you know, they've drawn with Kilkenny in their in their home patch, so they make it very awkward. The only thing I'll say is we didn't see anything different from Wexford there, and and they bring savage intensity under Davy Fitz. To be fair to them, and they play this you know football style. Um, approach, tactical approach. But I actually thought Kilkenny, for once, actually dealt with it really well. Because they did. Mm. Usually Wexford bombard Kilkenny in this situation. You know, we saw, and we weren't surprised this, Matthew Hannon completely man-marked to Reid and nullified him. You know, just followed him absolutely everywhere. Um, you know, you didn't, that's not the first time we've seen that happen. Um, you know, obviously their sweep with Kevin Foley then getting in around and, and on the breaks. But, uh, you know, I thought Kilkenny at the back in particular Worked it really well. Park Walsh, obviously, that score he got where he, he caught a great ball, you know, gave it and went after the return, flying up the field. Fantastic score. But not just him. You know, like, Paul Murphy got up the field a couple of times, had a pint, had a wide. You know, Paddy Deegan got a pint before he was taken off, I think. And then you had, um, you know, you just Joey Holden got up there as well. Yeah, even so, pint, you know... You know, like the Kilkenny halfbacks, when they got, when they, if they gave a hand pass, they went, they went up the field, you know, so that was, they kind of counteracted it, it was like a game of chess, like, you know, so they, they seemed to kind of play Wexford a little bit at their own game with, with runners coming from deep, and it actually worked really well, so um, full credit to Kilkenny, because they're not obviously renowned for tactics, um, but uh, I think they got, they got it fairly well. Um, set up the other day against this Wexford team who have as I said have caused them huge problems with that tactical approach over the last couple of years yeah they've definitely wised up Jay. Like they've did, played yeah. Wexford enough yeah. in the last yeah. two years to go right that didn't it work that be, didn't yeah. work let's try this yeah. and then we flirted with the short game last year and then against Wexford Saturday mm-hmm. night it was like under no circumstances drive it down there you yeah. know unless yeah. you have to yeah, again against the second half against Dublin as well, they were using the sharp puckers to to Kilkenny's advantage as well. Like, yeah, no, they were playing through the lines a lot more, and I think the backs had a lot more license to go with the forwards. When when the Wexford forwards came out in midfield, um, as Brian said, Paul Murphy had a couple of had a shot in the first half and then scored in the second half, but they were all attacking um, as well. So they had license to go with their man. They went man to man, and Parig was sitting back there, and Parig had a brilliant game. He, you know, he was sweeper, he wasn't marking anyone, but he was on twenty possessions, and he got back and he he stopped a certain goal as well for Conor McDonald. He got back in 
times with a brilliant point. flick yeah. as well. And then he was just setting up attack after attack after attack, and he was a platform for, for Kilkenny as well. And then Kevin Foley, which is out now sweeper for Wexford, he was only on the ball eleven times for a par. He was on it twenty times. I saw that. You, you think th- it should be the other way around? You know what I mean? That shows how well Kilkenny used the ball and two big players. Then Walter got a point when, when the ball was poked out to him, and, and he didn't score from play. But but again, Wexford had their matchups hundred percent right. But the backs were on top either way. Um, First half, Dio Keefe was absolutely brilliant. He got four points. He got two from the exact same situation, right on the wing, ping the ball over the bar. James Mark came on him in the second half when he was score. Kind was, of did he roast Killian Buckley in the first half? He got four he? points in the first half of Killian there, yeah. yeah Killian yeah, be rusty enough still. And they went down through the middle a couple of times there as well and um, Murphy came out with a brilliant save for off Rory Yeah, Connick, that was a great which save. Which is a brilliant move from yeah. Exeter as well. Yeah. It was a one-two and, and again what Brian said, they went again for their turn pass and Hugh Lawler had a great game now as well. Like, backs either side were well on top. Um, but no, it's a good game, hard hitting as well. Like yeah. you know what I mean? Exactly what you expect from Wexford are going to bring that and Kenny master intensity and master, master work rate as well. So there's never going to be uh, kind of a, a ten or a ten point swing either way. You know what I mean? It's going to come down to the last minute, and that's what it's done. Like isn't it? Isn't it funny, Brian, seeing Kenny play those short stick passes like Cork do? Like I can't get. It's just I find it a, a yeah, little bit unusual. Yeah. It's a little bit <laughs> unusual when you see him doing it. But like I mean, when you think about it, Kenny were always traditionally the most skillful team. So there's no reason why they can't bloody do that anyway. But it definitely is weird seeing the black and amber going with these little short cork style. Uh, Only catching up in the tactics now. Will you? That's <laughs> weird, right? But do you you're find wait, it? You're, you're waiting for someone like Tommy just to get it and lamp it, <laughs> it hitting it un- underhand. But uh, yeah, no, it is weird. But look, if you actually listen to Cody's message for the last five or six years, look, he's all probably he's always had this message. But particularly in the last five or six years, where the, you know the, it's not been as the same dominant team that it had. But he's constantly going with this message that it's back on the players. Once they cross the white line, they have to read the situation. They ha- they're, they're, they're brilliant players if they're not being selected to hurl for Kenny or any county team as far as he's concerned. And you have to figure out these situations on the field and know when to hand pass, know when to strike pass, know when to hit it short, etc, etc. Like, I, I fully agree with them. We can be overdone with tactics of, you know, you hit the ball here in this certain situation. Like, come on, sometimes you just have to figure it out. And, and I think Cody's message there, that constant message is really important. And sometimes we, we don't actually listen to the simple words he's actually saying. Yeah, maybe. TJ got really frustrated with O'Hanlon, didn't he? Like, I mean, he got five possessions in the first half. Is this a lesson to any team that want to play, that TJ's playing number 11 and the centre-back standing off him? Like, have you not learned last night that someone has to, and it, uh, is it James Breen did it before with yeah, Wexford? Yeah. No player in Gaelic football hurling wants to be man-marked all over the field, especially when you like to roam for yeah. possession. Like, when you're being the, man-marked then, you're not being picked out because someone's beside you. But the system that Wexford play allows, allows that to happen that, as well. Yeah. Because if Matthew's gone out to the wing, Kevin Foley says, says centre-back. Centre back, There's yeah. still six, or six backs, even if TJ and Matthew are going yeah. up the field. You know that kind of way? So that, that allows that a bit more. I say a lot of people are just afraid to do that because if you go man to man and you only five defenders a lot of space for the forwards there as well and your centre might be open as well because normally your, your centre back would probably be your, your most dominant player anyway you know that kind of way so yeah it's just the system allows that as well and each Kevin Foley sits back and then each each, each other defender goes man to uh, touch tight on their man yeah. goes man to man yeah was it Dublin Matthew, did that too didn't sorry, they yeah. yeah they did but what I think Matthew was brilliant at with TJ was that he wasn't allowing TJ to set himself in the air at all so he wasn't getting an opportunity to jump for the ball he wasn't getting an opportunity to come side by side you know which you, you prefer when you're trying to catch the ball he was constantly just up on top almost of his shoulders so that, you know he was really making it difficult for TJ to get any sort of 
um, attempt to catch in the ball cleanly. I thought that was most impressive. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, fairness to TJ, he never strokes away from hard work or, or, or that side. Of, we were praising him last week about it, but I just thought Matthew stopped him in that particular case of, of, of catching clean ball because, you know, I think that's how sometimes TJ can work his way into a game as well. He can just go out and, and snap a ball out of the air and, and gain confidence out of that. At the end of the day, we're all human. It's, it's all about confidence and it doesn't matter who you are, you, you will start to get rattled after a while if it's not working. Do you have to give TJ credit on the freeze as well? He was immaculate. Yeah. The last free wasn't an easy one either, like, you know, and when you're not playing well, it's it's very easy now to miss kind of free like that. He was 65 yards out, but he pinged it straight over the bars. Yeah. Like, fairness. I doubt it was never be... in doubt. You just no, but he, he still, like, it's, 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 it's still we take for granted, fair enough, but he still was a good free to take. Oh, no, you know. it's class. Like, you, you, there's no such thing as an easy free, and we saw that surely Chin you know, hit the post with what you would have reckoned was a relatively easy mm. free just before that then as well. So, no, uh, TJ, yeah, you're there right. You have to give him credit for that too. He kept his head. I don't think he'd be on Matthew handling a pint anytime soon. No. There's a lot of trash talking going on there. For Gaelic football style lads creeping into this hurling carry on too. All this Donegal Tyrone trash some, talking. Some hit by Matthew Hanlon at the end. Oh, it was. Uh, he was wide open. Borderline yeah. a red card on its own now. Yeah, uh, lucky he was on the yellow. Yeah. Second yellow, I'd say it was. Yeah, but it was the late hit. Yeah. He rattled them all he did, right. He yeah. Him yeah. into the stand. Yeah, so there was no. And, 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 and Davy Fitz questioned that yeah. as well. Yeah, like he's arguing to the to the referee about that. The most like how? Oh, look, you might as well just forget about that yeah. fella. Like, I mean, there's nothing he's going to no, agree no. with. Doesn't make sense. Doesn't make any sense. So, but Conor McDonnell and Rory O'Connor both had those goal chances. Obviously, you mentioned um, Owen Murphy came out and swallowed up um, Rory O'Connor really quickly, yeah. and Hugh. Lawler did the rest Parik Walsh had a hook I think on Conor McDonald who caught a couple of dangerous balls but but Walsh was over on him straight away though Walsh played that sweeper role very well I thought very very well especially the first half he stayed back in the full back line really more than that and Atten came short he went out attacking he was running he's very good legs as well in fairness but he's seen that bit of danger there I suppose from playing full back the last couple of years himself he knew where that danger was going to be and he marked Conor McDonald himself too so he was there right on him um, because a lot of sweepers though like I mean it's gas the different roles of sweepers Walsh is able to get over and double up whereas a lot of some sweepers might see that and go right well I'm going to cover here in case the ball comes across but like I mean it's instinctive to know when to get across and double up or when to hold the middle you know like I mean a good sweeper you know knows all these kind of things but with that Wexford only had one guy up at that particular time it was Conor McDonald so he had to oh, get in around him like, then, yeah, right? yeah, had to, when the ball was going there he turned around there was only one option there to get back and help out Hugh Lawler as well like you know so yeah no it played very very well now Fairstone yeah no definitely was right lads we'll leave it there and we'll come back with Paddy Power performance of the weekend Yeah, well, I'm glad you brought that up now because <laughs> there's no such thing as a media ban. We don't have a media ban. Ah, you do? No, we don't. Um, but you what, didn't what, let Shamey talk at a, at a hurley launch one day. Yeah, but hold on a second now. He was at a hurley launch, you know. Yeah. You know, I, there's I, a media I, ban if he can't no, talk no, at that. No, absolutely not. I think you guys need to do your job. Don't depend on us guys for quotes, you know. Okay. Go but in, if earn, he, earn your living like the rest of us. But if he's at a media day and he says to the media that I'm not allowed to talk, then he's obviously on a ban. Well, I think he's carrying a mixed message. So Shamey Callanan, lads, we have left him out. There's a couple of nominations here that we've already spoken about. Shamey Callanan, brilliant game. Absolutely fantastic. The one thing I want to know, I'll have to go to Brian for this one because yeah, <laughs> Brian's our forwards correspondent. <laughs> Did he mean to drop the ball before he struck the goal? Um, yes and no. Um, he obviously meant to faint going past your man. And then obviously the momentum of the ball went probably too far in front of him. And look, he still he still had the eye to, to get the, the, the switch on it, you know, or the whip on it. But uh, 
brilliant goal. Like most lads would have hit that ball before that defender was coming across him. Yeah. And I just thought that was brilliant. Yeah. yeah, it was a lovely sidestep. So I that was part of the movement and then just the ball kind of probably travelled further away from him than he inspected expected. And um but look, just he's in such savage form. And it was a brilliant goal to be fair. It was a great it was a great it started with a great pass from John McGrath over his shoulder. Yeah. And um Obviously, great movement, and you could see Limerick like they got back numbers. Like the the two or three of them flocked to Shami, but he just went straight through the middle of him with that lovely sidestep and brilliant finish. But uh, oh, look, he's in some form at the moment. He got a couple of great points as well, where he was working really hard and um, you know just just tapping him over the bar. It just looks like it's so simple to him at times, but um, he, his work rate is, is phenomenal. It's I think that's that's the big thing. It's great game awareness as well. Like you know when yeah. he got the ball in his hand, he fainted, went back in and turn the ball if he had to took another step and stood on his feet and hit the ball I'd say he would pull for for. you think for that's why he did it? I think that's why he turned it up because if you look at it he yeah, caught the ball yeah. ran a couple of steps fainted across another few steps and then turned up the ball and because if he took two more steps that would have been seven or eight steps yeah. he'd been blown like, but he turned the ball up in the air and then like you're literally let her lie, you're not supposed to throw the ball in front of you without hitting your hurdle. But he let on it, it fell yeah, out of his hand exactly, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it was just he was. So you think it could have been the steps? I think he knew what he was doing, yeah. He had to throw yeah, the ball I up because he had too many steps, he had too many balls. But I don't necessarily mean like I don't think it was planned like this is so no, instinctive hurling as well. Yeah, he, re- yeah, he reacted. Yeah. Like I don't think he meant to throw the ball on the ground to no. drop hook it, if you understand. Well, he, had oh, yeah, over, yeah. he had to get over it. It was part of his it was part of his sidestep. Yeah. And knowing he couldn't Take go another two yards with yeah, that ball yeah. in his hand yeah I think that's spot on yeah. okay right okay I'll take that analysis well done lads the two of you even JJ well done there on that JJ See, I, yeah? I, I, I fell for that faint <laughs> more times down through the years I have nightmares about that but here, here's, here's a good one JJ because you've marked Shamey so much like Shamey back when you were marking him like I wouldn't say he's working too much off the ball he's probably he, he, you said he's, his movement was brilliant yeah. when, but as in work rate was ah, he, he work did, rate he did have it was now it, yeah, yeah. yeah it was yeah anytime if you were looking to get the ball off him, you'd, you'd feel a clatter of a hurl. Right. He'd hit you somewhere, you know, like, you know yeah. but he's so strong. No, he did have it, already, but I think he's just, he's opened it more. I think more people are probably looking at far, working a lot more at the moment than they have been probably four or five years ago as well. Like, you know, probably expected a lot more turnover and stats are coming in and your turnovers and your work rate and your yeah. GPS, everything like this, probably, you kind of, as a forward, you can't go hide anymore. You have to do it, you know. So. Yeah. But he did do it now, in fairness, he did, yeah. He did, okay, that, right, fair enough. Um, Adrian Mullen, I have to pull you up on this, JJ. I was singing his praises at the start of this year and you said this year's a bit too early for him. We might be yeah. looking at him next <laughs> yeah, year. Yeah. Jesus, his goal, his goal reminded me of Eden Hazard penalty where yeah. he's thrown the eye one way and the goalie has to go and then he just rolls it in. That was a beautiful thing. Yeah. Now, he made a few mistakes in the game but yeah. he scored one three like you I mean he's raw but this lad's a real player I oh, great player no, no doubt in his ability now to be fair to him I just thought he didn't get a league game under his belt it's rather him go through and, and kind of get the experience of physicality of that force before he goes championship but yeah. look he was absolutely brilliant only for him there Saturday night now we're, we're in trouble like you know he stood up to the mark where look again I learned to final he scored 6 or 7 points so he can do that on the big day as well but what I liked about him when he got through and goal he didn't panic sent no. the keeper the wrong way but the first touch, he, Colin Finley didn't make yeah. it easy on him for his, for his, for the pass. He was up there in the air, he touched it down, and that made that as well. But then he won the ball for his point there again. Oh, Murphy went long, won the ball in the air and hit off the left. He is strong in the air, like you know. But yeah. he is physically developed now in Fairston, but I can see him getting better and better it is and year we, on year. Like. It was him that took the big hit off Liam Ryan too, wasn't it? Yeah, he did yeah. in the first Jesus. half. Yeah, so, yeah. like, I mean, one three after taking that bloody hit, uh, <laughs> Liam Ryan f- launching himself he, at He was a sitting duck, though. Yeah. <laughs> Do you notice his red boots was gone, though? 
I'd say Cody had a word on by get rid of them now after that. <laughs> I know that's only messing, but um, he, he's a serious talent, obviously. But he again, it's his ability to win his own ball because that was a massive score. Um, catching that puck out and putting it straight over the bar because he was having a right battle, you know what I mean? And, you know, he didn't have the pace really to get away from him. And I just thought, um, you know, he showed great composure as well for a young man because it didn't work for him, obviously, the week before. You know, he got whipped mm. off early. Half time, I think, back yeah. With, yeah, to come back with performance like that is fair going. It's fair testament to the young man. Fair going. I, he, he, I don't know how to explain this. He carries himself very well on the field. Yeah. He doesn't, it doesn't lack look confidence. like he's his first year now. No, yeah. no, yeah. he, he just has He looks that, comfortable on the ball. He has that air yeah. about him that I'm, I deserve, like yeah. I'm, I'm made to his own ability, here. I'd say. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah. What, did, what did you make, uh, JJ, of Tony Kelly, corner forward? I know we only saw highlights yeah. of this one. Did, what do you think in theory of him playing in corner forward? He, he scored one, two. Yeah. Um, I don't, I'm not sure. What do you, like the clear had to change something because it hadn't been going well for him. I'd put him in there and let him go where he wanted, to be honest with you, you know, that kind of way because um, you're bringing a cornerback out the field now, it mightn't be too suit, well suited out there because looking at a cornerback wants minimum space as possible and then tie down Tony Kelly. But you give you start corner forward and, and rove around there. But again, you see him on the overlap there as well for his goal. He ran Peter Logan, won the brilliant ball, and he was gone before even Peter had the ball in his hand. He just gambles as well, like, you know, and he got it. But oh, I would agree with it. Um, Maybe, but you have to get the ball into him as well. Like, you know, if Claire hit the ball direct a lot more, you get more out of Tony Kelly in full far line. But if they're going through the lines all the time, there's no point in having him in there then if you're not going to get the ball in there. If it breaks down out in the middle of the field, sure Tony Kelly is null and void in as well. Like, so it's all depending on what game of God or Claire are going to play. If they play direct the ball into him, I'd put him where the ball is going to land. But it's clear backs midfielders should be looking for Tony Kelly at every situation yeah. where's your best player where's your finisher get the ball in his vicinity if the ball is you're hitting the ball over the other, the other side of the field what can he do he's not going to run over and win that ball get the ball to your scores as much as possible we used to work doing it for the last couple of games but obviously Tony came up with a couple of scores there yesterday as well yeah he got a brilliant goal I don't know if the goalkeeper was that gnashing goals it was hard yeah. to make yeah, out like Nash, I mean yeah. Nash would be very disappointed he let that one in I'm sure Brian but what about Tony um, in corner forward for you yeah, I I get why they did it definitely on Sunday because you know we were saying it last week as well. I, I I think he needed to play in a more structured position. Um, I think being on the half forward line, he would he was still tending to come too deep and you know move away from his position too too much. It was it was definitely better for him right going like you know John Collins full forward. So maybe go in corner forward and 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 have more. You can't really come too far beyond the forty five. Um, too much, you know. You want you're trying to stay inside there, so it was better from that perspective. But again, I fully agree with JJ. It depends on the style of hurling player are going to play. If they're if they're going to play it through the through the lines, then there's not much point in having your best player in there either. So, um, but I th- I thought Clare were good last year when they played the mix of styles. They they obviously played a mix of styles yesterday as well, and they caused a lot of trouble for Cork. And Cork we've seen now have are having troubles in their in their full back line. But Tony Kelly's capable of doing that to anyone. He's 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 just class. He shot was a bit of a rasper. Um, that was kind of my initial reaction as well. I thought Nash probably could have saved it, but then look, I suppose um, that's easy for me to say on the phone here today. Yeah, no, definitely, dear O'Keefe, I got a tweet off a Wexford fan last night, JJ, saying you're going to have to pull JJ up on how he gave yeah, Parik yeah, Walsh yeah, man of the match ahead of Dermot O'Keefe. <laughs> what Dermot O'Keefe obviously brilliant in the first half, yeah. four from play, sensational. Yeah. He went yeah. out of it a little bit in the yeah, second yeah, half. He didn't do enough for you. No, I thought James Marr in the second half came on and he quite him. James got on a bit, a bit of ball and he drove, I think, a wide or two, but. Um, no, I thought Parig over the overall game was um, 20 possessions there, got a point for play, stopped the goal, set up attack after attack, won a lot of frees coming out there. Dio Keefe was absolutely brilliant in the first half, absolutely brilliant, but he had a good start to the second half. I think it was when James Mark came on and Buckley went off, 
think James um, won a bit of ball off him. If he had finished even with a score or two near the end of it, he would have got it, I'd say, you know, but he just said how Parry pipped him out, to be honest with you. Right, OK, but he's still brilliant at what he does, Brian, Dermot O'Keefe, when he's on song. Oh, he's yeah, class. Yeah, yeah. He's absolutely class. And look, he's he obviously started off as a forward, we actually put him back as a wing back and attacking wing back and he's in around midfield now at the moment. So he obviously has an eye eye for the post and he's 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 brilliant. He's so elusive though as well because you know Colin Fenley got a great point for Kenny in the first half and next minute, like he's over underneath the stand in oceans of space, you know, hit with a quick puck out, bang, straight between the posts. So he's just he is capable of scoring that three or four points a game regularly. Um, and he probably wasn't in as good a form coming into that game today, but he, he kept it for the for the big day, fair yeah. And when he's playing like that, you know, that's when Wexford are really on the front foot. Look, it goes back to what I've been saying for a while now, Willie. Wexford have serious players. Like I know you can say their system is keeping them tight and keeping them keeping them honest, but like we've they've top class players, like straight down the centre. You've Liam Ryan, Matthew O'Hanlon, you know, you've Lee Chin, you've Dermot O'Keefe, you've you've Connor McDonald, you've Rory O'Connor. You know, Jack O'Connor coming on there as well. Like these guys are these are serious hurlers. Like you know, this this isn't ducks we're talking about here now. Yeah, no, well, that's true. I know Davy likes to paint that picture a, a, a little bit. Yeah. Dermot O'Keefe comes alive when he sees a hand pass and move on, doesn't yeah. he? That's when he's gone. Like he made I mean, that the, run down the lane. Yeah, uh, every all the first half he was just I don't understand making that run. Um, Kenny bottled up on the Wexford last one day and uh, one time, and he was twenty yards on his own, screaming for the ball, but the Wexford couldn't get the hand passed off. Down that line all day, he was just making that run. Second half, he wasn't doing it as much. So. Gets a lot of his scores from that side, yeah, even when he was wing are, back. Like, I yeah. mean, he's always trying to end up out there. Elusive, but then I suppose if everyone's in the middle, where is the space out the side? Yeah, and yeah. he makes that run, he's very, yeah. very hard to track. Yeah, him. no, that's true. And there's a much bigger scoring zone in hurling than there is in football. So, mm. like, I mean, it definitely makes sense. Paddy Maher, we've spoken about him. Conal Keeney, we've spoken about him. He was outstanding. Um, obviously, his work rate and three from play as well played the whole game. Chris Crummy. Right, Chris Crummy is known, now again we're only talking on highlights, but Chris Crummy is known for long range points. Mm. Chris Crummy's not a Dermot O'Keefe that gets up and is a running game. And here he is um, scoring the goal and getting fouled by, uh, or for the penalty. Dottie Burke, that, yeah. yeah. And actually just on that, Brian, that very poor defending from Dottie Burke, but on the penalty he just threw himself at Crummy and for the goal... He tried to line him up to yeah. take him out with a shoulder. Yeah. Like that that's yeah, very, yeah. very naive, isn't it? Bounced him perfectly. Yeah. Bounced him towards yeah, the goal. Towards towards him towards took him away yeah. from the other guy with the defender. Do you think more you, you put the hands out there, JJ, you no, know, in that position. Yellow, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Definitely don't kind of you, this was all or nothing from Dottie Burke, mm. which is not really smart. Dotty Burke would back himself for a lot of a lot of lads running through now, but if Dotty Burke was out here to shoulder, don't really bounce and, and stay going to be fair to Dottie, you know. But yeah, he's just He rolled he, out of it, Crummy. Yeah, he took it very well. He took it but it, he, took it, it, yeah, he took it in a way that he wasn't getting knocked straight back. He kind of used it in his advantage. He made a great battle with Johnny Glinder as well all through the game and two heavyweights going at it there as well. He went up the field. But I suppose for Dublin point of view, Eamon Dillon had a great game for, for Dublin. Just seen the highlights last night. He scored the first goal. He was involved in the other two as well. He's the guy that's probably their main goal threat as well because he can take on, he goes directly at his, 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 his opponent as well. And his, his second choice is go for a point. He'll always go for the goal as well. Like. Yeah, okay, yeah, exactly. But that tackle, to go back to that tackle, it was actually, like, that was really poor from Dye, but you don't associate that with him. Like, you know, obviously, JJ, you're full back, but 
I can just picture you putting your hands out in that situation. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're, you're standing them up like. in the tackle. Yeah. yeah, make yourself big, using both hands, whichever one it is, and you're just trying to play his yeah. his his hand, essentially. That, the crowd-pleasing that, tackle would have been the one he went for. Yeah, hit, that's yeah. what he went for. Hitting yeah. the shoulder, knock him yeah. down. But yeah. the more economic one would be make yourself big, wrap yourself around yeah. and dull and pass The one Don Logue goes mad about, you know, the spare and, hand. But yeah. like, he's right. Like, like That's what we all do. You yeah. know what I mean, mm. essentially. You're trying to play that hand and make sure that he's he, he's caught for over-carrying, essentially. Yeah. You know, but we're always told down through the years even football that going for that big shoulder that's the that's that's a cop out mm. because that's yeah. a 50 50 at best whereas yeah. the hard work is standing them up yeah. and doing yeah. and, and getting a player to come in to help you and then you're the, the easy work is to launch yourself because yeah. like i mean this could so be you make great. yourself smaller by hitting the shoulder as well because you're hunting up yeah. trying to get all your body weight yeah. behind it but if you go big he runs into you, you could be get for, for a charge or is he, worst case scenario, you put him down for a free 21. Exactly, yeah. So it was unusual to see him. You obviously, Parik Walsh, we've spoken about him as well, JJ. So yeah. he's outstanding in that role and shows a bit of, uh, um, finally, Kilkenny maybe have found the sweeper that they need against mm. him. Um, what about Jack O'Connor then, Brian, just to finish up? Like he had a huge yeah. game in the, second, or in the second half when he came on. Yeah, he was brilliant. Out of, and again, direct running. Um, he's so strong in the air. Uh, he he's another man that Relish is playing against Kilkenny uh, pretty up through the years as well so um, got a couple of great scores there was one score he got though he could have thrown inside and it looked like Wexford could have had a goal if, if they had ran it um, but uh, you know he, he really stepped up to play in that second half and looks at the size of the man as well you know when there, there was a time when the game plan was built around him going route one with him under puckouts and uh, you know I, I think he's very important to Wexford uh, whether whether he's doing enough to start under their current system, I don't know. But um, you know, anytime he's in that sort of form, he's very very hard to stop. He's like he kind of like a Groot Hegarty style player, you know, when he's in that sort of form and driving straight through the centre and the heart of defences. Right, JJ, you prefer to see him on the bench playing Kilkenny than see him. Ah, you field. would, yeah, yeah. I'm very very honest as well. Even the Galway game, you go back to that. He tracked back sixty yards, to get a hook in, and it was Colin Cooney were going in for the goal, and, and they had to score that goal. Galway would have won, you know what I mean, and, and bring it on. But very direct now. Yeah, Joey was playing well at the time when he came on they had a great battle when he came on it's, it's not easy coming on uh, a lad that's actually hurling well as well you know but yeah. very very strong in the air very direct and he kind of hits off the left there as well so something to the Kenny backs will have to look at the next day he kind of favours one side you know Right okay right well listen I have to pick a winner there lads we're out of time so I'm going to go with Conal Keeney three points from play this was the game of the weekend above them all and obviously um, we didn't get to see all of it but we saw enough in the highlights last night the amount of work that man's doing for his age um, and three points from play is not bad and finishing the whole game is pretty good as well and he's a friend of the show too yeah. so, like, when you're 37 years of age and you finish the whole game it's, it's a bonus <laughs> well, that's a battle <laughs> you, you, deserve, you deserve it just for that <laughs> you do, yeah. <laughs> congratulations Conal the Paddy Power lucky pants are in the post there so enjoy them and we might see you back here next year you're still in the show. or the year after <laughs> you never know yeah, whenever you, you do going. <laughs> whenever you do think of bloody finishing right listen that's always time for we'll be back on Thursday is there anything next weekend actually I don't think there's any hurling is no, there no. no there's no hurling all right, okay. It's a joke. <laughs> Football's <laughs> taken centre stage, three provincial finals. Right, well, we'll do a show on Thursday anyways. There won't be a show the following uh, Monday. We'll give these two boys uh, a day off. So we'll talk to you on Thursday then. Right, good luck. The GA Hour is sponsored by Paddy Power. Money back as a free bet if you're losing first goal scorer gets a goal. See paddypower.com for terms. And when I started running, I suppose I didn't stop. And when I got the chance to go, I said I'd stay going. So it opened up. We were only the small little fish out there, so we are, and uh, we're trying hard to make it through. 
but it's hard to get the brakes when you're the smaller fish. Because I love this county so much, you know, and it's just, I'm delighted that the lads, the lads did it for the people of Walford today because, like, I, I'm, heart, I'm heartbroken. <laughs>